Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Stay tuned with the trick-or-treaters and their scary costumes coming up this week. Today I thought it would be a great time to talk about three scary vendor setup scenarios and what you can do to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Welcome to episode four, three scary vendor setup scenarios, how to protect your vendor master file from fraud. So let's first talk about the minimum required documentation and validations to set up a new vendor or make a change to an existing vendor in your vendor master file to protect your company from fraud and reduce the risk of penalties for non-compliance. The first one we should all know and love, and it is collecting the IRS W-9 for a U.S. vendor or collecting the IRS W-8, whatever version is appropriate, for a foreign vendor, and then doing the IRS 10 check. U.S. entities must certify their vendors or payees to avoid penalties and interest resulting from legal name and tax ID mismatches with IRS records, and you need to do this prior to paying the vendor when you have leverage to require accurate information be submitted. So if it comes back as not successful, you have leverage to go back and require the an updated W-9 or W-8. Record the results of the IRS 10 match and then also retain the IRS W-9 or IRS W-8 to document in case of an IRS audit. If the vendor is also a charitable organization, you will use the IRS tax-exempt organization search tool to verify that the vendor is registered with the IRS as tax-exempt. One thing you can do is check out episode three of this podcast, Fake Charities, How to Protect Your Vendor Master File from Fraud, for more information on how to use that tool. Using these IRS tools will ensure that you are not setting up a fraudulent vendor in your vendor master file. The next check that you want to do is the Office of Foreign Assets and Control, otherwise known as OFAC, specially designated nationals and blocked persons list. Compliance with OFAC regulations are required for all U.S. individuals and entities. Failure to comply can result in both civil and criminal penalties, so you want to make sure you search by the legal name. And if the vendor appears on this list, do not set them up in your vendor master file. Or if they're already an existing vendor, notify your next level up for next steps. So you'll want to do the check for both the vendor legal name and also for the vendor's bank name if the vendor will receive ACH payments. And that brings us to our next one. If the payment is by ACH is to verify the banking information. 
So if the vendor is to be paid via ACH, you'll need to collect the banking data and then validate the ABA routing number, the SWIFT, um, SWIFT code or BIT code or the IBAN format for foreign banks. Now there are tools out there that can verify bank ownership. If you don't have access to those, at least do the minimum of these validations for the banking details. If the banking data is for a change to an existing vendor's banking details, you'll want to reach out to that existing vendor first to confirm that the banking update request did come from them. And also for existing vendors, you can read about following up after bank and other critical changes with my blog post titled, send a notification to vendors after updates in the vendor master file. And I'll include a link in the show notes. Now, the last thing to check is the address, and that's critical if the vendor will receive payment via check since you don't want the check returned. It also confirms that the vendor is not fraudulent using an address that does not exist. So to recap, when a request is received to set up a new vendor or change an existing vendor, we have potentially four validations. One, the IRS 10 match to the OFAC SDN list, and that's for both legal name and bank. Three, the banking details if payment will be made by ACH. And four, the address. And for the documents that need to be collected, you at least need the applicable IRS form and then a document containing the banking details if payment will be made by ACH. So now that we know the minimum required documentation and validations to set up a new vendor or make a change to an existing vendor, let's apply it to the three potentially scary vendor scenarios. The first one is my favorite. Well, not really, but it's the one that's requested most often and it's the urgent new vendor setup or vendor change and they have no supporting documents. So this is a common scenario, again, especially for non-PO spend when the request for the vendor setup or change usually does not come until the invoice is received. Now this can also be due just from a lack of knowledge from other groups. They don't really understand or may not understand how long it really takes to set up a vendor, what needs to be done, and really what it takes to get a payment through accounts payable. Keep in mind that urgency can be one indicator of fraud, so don't ignore any concerns that you have. At a minimum, do an OFAC SDN check since you don't need any supporting documentation for the check. Make sure that you do have the correct legal name and not just the DBA. As long as the vendor does not come back on that list, then go ahead and set them up. Since you do not have an IRS W-9 or W-8, you'll want to start backup withholding with the first payment. Now, if you communicate the intent to do backup withholding back to the vendor or to the company employee that's submitting the request, that'll usually be enough incentive to get the vendor to submit the IRS W-8 or W-9. The next one, number two, is the vendor name change. Now, this one can be a little scary because the vendor or the company employee that's submitting the request, they always think it's a quote unquote simple name change, but we know different. 
We know we have to verify that change with the IRS to ensure that the legal name and the tax ID still match IRS records. And so sometimes it will take some convincing to request an updated W-9, but once you get that, go ahead and check against IRS records to verify that the legal name and tax ID still match what the IRS has on file. Now, most vendors know that they need to update the name change with the state that they're registered in, but not all are aware that they also need to update with the IRS. And even if they are aware of it, the IRS will still take some time to update the legal name and tax ID in their 10 match system. And so if you find with the IRS 10 check that their legal name and tax ID does not match, request from the vendor the IRS 147C letter that they should have received when they submitted the name change. The 147C letter will show the new legal name and tax ID. So you'll then want to do the OFAC SDN check since you have a new name. And as long as the new name does not come up on the list, go ahead, make the change, and then follow up with a post-update notification to the vendor that their legal name has changed in the system. And again, that follow-up post-update notification process is in the blog post I referenced earlier, and that blog post will be in the show notes. Okay, number three and the last scary scenario is outsourced AR to a factor. So if your vendor has assigned their AR to a third party, you should confirm with the vendor. And most times the vendor will send your company a letter stating the change. Make sure you have written documentation that it was requested from the vendor. Since most accounting systems or ERPs will allow a different vendor ID to be added to a vendor record as a remit to or alternate payee, set up a separate vendor record for the third party vendor that will receive payments. To do that, you'll need to collect the same documentation and perform the same validations. Collect the IRS W-9 or W-8. Also collect the banking information if the payment will be by ACH and then perform the IRS 10 match, do the OFAC SDN check, and then do the banking verifications. Once you have set the third-party vendor up in your accounting system or ERP, add that vendor ID to your original vendor to receive payment on their behalf. Now I know these are extra steps. However, this does verify that the third party vendor is not fraudulent and that you are not rerouting payments from your original vendor to a fraudulent vendor. Okay, so those were the three scary vendor setup scenarios. One, the urgent new vendor setup or existing vendor change with no supporting document two, the vendor name change, and three, when your vendor has assigned their AR to a third party. Now, these scenarios are less scary when you have full or partial automation, such as with a vendor self-registration portal that can require the vendor 
or company employee to submit the required documents and perform validations prior to the vendor being set up or existing vendor updated in your accounting system or ERP. They can also be less scary if you're using third-party sites or other software that can automate these and other validations. Just make sure that you review and perform any validations that are not currently being done by one of these methods and be sure to include any additional validations or collect any documents that I haven't identified here that may be specific to your company or industry. If you enjoyed these validation tips, get your vendor validation reference sheet or consider taking the validations and the vendor master file training where I include these and other validations as part of a three-step vendor setup and maintenance process to protect the vendor master file from fraud and keep it clean. Visit DebraRRichardson.com slash training for more details. Thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the fourth episode of putting the AP in happy podcast where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to my blog, podcast, training, and the vendor validation reference list. Stay happy. Stay happy.